Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, everybody. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, you know, Cop On, it goes out to over 30 countries now these days, which is absolutely beautiful. Because, you know, I am a man who loves the planet and the people in it, uh, despite all of our foibles. And let's just start with a poem, because sometimes the human mind comes up with some beautiful things. This is a, a, a poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And it's kind of how, perhaps how we feel, uh, you know, the morning after beating Arsenal 4 nil. Um, Tis a morning pure and sweet, and a dewy splendour falls on the little flower that clings to the turrets and the walls. Tis a morning pure and sweet, and the light and shadow fleet. She is walking in the meadow, and the woodland echo rings. In a moment we shall meet. She is singing in the meadow, and the rivulet at her feet ripples on in light and shadow to the ballad that she sings. Um, welcome to Alan. Welcome to Brian. I reckon she was singing Alley, 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 Alan, uh, in that woodland echo, you know, with the woodland echo ringing. Um, what were you singing this morning, Alan? Were you waking up feeling pretty chipper? Absolutely chipper. It was a great, great result, great day. Um, uh, I had a fantastic day yesterday. My, my daughter, Sarah, was here with me. We, we had the joy of seeing Man United lose and we had the joy of seeing Liverpool win. And uh, I think she's my lucky charm. When she just be here with me, we, we've, we've never lost when she's here with me. So uh, I think I'll have to try and get her here more often. <laughs> Absolutely, especially for the big games, exactly, yeah, exactly. The, the, you know. Finals, semi-finals, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. And Brian, um, how are you feeling? I mean, the mood for me is is, is completely the opposite from our last two uh, league games. You know, Brighton and West Ham, where I woke up, I don't know, early five in the morning. Today I woke up at about I don't know nine o'clock. Was practically a lie-in for me. How are you? How are you today, Brian? Um, I, I was brilliant. Uh, I, I the game was on late here in in Hong Kong, so the kickoff was about one thirty in the morning, and I decided that I was going to not watch it live and get up the next day, do a bit of go to the gym, get my get my head in the game, and then watch the game um, delayed live. And then, but a bonus, my my family decided to go out shopping today, so I had the whole place to myself, and. Uh, I was just me and the football, and uh, and that moment that Mikhail Ateta got up uh, in our technical area, I just turned primal, uh, <laughs> the, and the game was on. And I, I I haven't enjoyed a game that much for, for a while because not only did he set up set up a fire in uh at anfield but he self a fire in me i just wanted to beat these guys and i wanted to beat them badly so i've just been loving it so the, the football results and today has been marvelous excellent no yeah it's, it it sounds lovely it sounds like you're yes you were you were you're 100 concentrated on the big game that's absolutely marvelous stuff um yeah it's it's great i don't know i we, we have a great record against arsenal don't we um and there's something that i have to say that i've been a bit of um what can I say? Like it was, it was huge. I think the result was huge, Alan. Because I've been a bit of, a, I don't know. I've been doubting Liverpool 
this season, you know, seeing that our, you know, our, our belly is, you know, very soft. It's a soft belly, you know, we, we're, we're like overcooked noodles. We're as soft as overcooked noodles when teams get at our midfield. But, but I'm just, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just exaggerating because, uh, you know, looking at our record, oddly, our last 15 in all competitions, we've won 11, drawn three and lost one. Um, of course, all of those draws and, and losses have come in the in the Premier League. So it, the, the table isn't ideal for us being four points behind Chelsea. But um, we don't have very much to complain about, do we, Alan? I mean, overall, uh, that result was, was huge because it just puts this whole sort of gets us back in a positive spirit thinking about this season. Yeah, it does. Um, like yourself, I was um, doubtful yesterday. My older sister, Olive, is an Arsenal fan and we were having a chat and we were saying uh, possibly a draw, which I was agreeing with, but secretly hoping we would bounce back after the last defeat. So, um, And like Brian said there, for the first, like when you sit back and think about the game, the first 15 minutes, it wasn't, it wasn't vintage Liverpool. We weren't attacking them like we normally do with teams, we attacked them in the first 15, 20 minutes. It was a bit subdued and I was thinking, oh no, this is going to be one of those days, you know. And as Brian said, the second Arteta started that little round inside the pitch, just lit up the whole team. You could see the the fight in the team. And uh, I think I had said, probably on last week's pod or one before, that I thought sometimes the crowd is a bit a bit quiet and Klopp maybe needs to do like like he did in his first few seasons and maybe run up the touchline and just get the get the crowd going. Where Arteta did that for us yesterday and it just worked a treat. But from that minute on, we just took over, and it was like the Liverpool of old, and uh, and a huge mention um, to Oxlade Chamberlain because I've been one of his biggest critic this year, and he hasn't played well. But yesterday he was everywhere. He was really, really working really hard. Um, so I was very positive. Great result. Great, great kick. We needed, you know. And I think I think it's the first time this season we've seen that fight in our team that they were angry, you know. Um, brilliant, just brilliant. Yeah, lovely answer. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Arteta, that moment when he, you know, he helped to spark the game into life by, uh, I don't know, by just running up to Klopp and telling him to F off, F off or whatever. I saw someone on Twitter uh, saying, uh, you know, all of that shouting and it was all for nothing. Boom, boom. That's very good. Uh, well done to that person on Twitter. Sorry, I forget who it was. Um Excellent stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's no real cause for concern, Brian, overall for our season because we're still pretty damn good. Um, WhoScored.com, uh, one of my favourite stats sites, um, they rank or they, sorry, they keep a tally of all of the goals from open play this season. Um, Liverpool, and it doesn't include counterattacks for some reason. They keep that separately. Um, Liverpool now have seven goals from set pieces and one goal from a counterattack all season, but 27 from open play, Brian. Chelsea have 21 from open play. Man City have 16 and Arsenal have five. Um, when you consider that they could have overtaken us in the league yesterday, Brian, they could have actually leapfrogged us into uh, fourth place. Um, and I think that would have been absolute madness because 
um, because we're miles better than them, Brian. But then I saw in Arteta, he was licking his lips just before kickoff. And we're going to hear uh, at some point from an Arsenal fan who's going to join us. But there was this sense of optimism before the match from the Arsenal side and for us a little bit of dread. When you saw the lineups and you saw, for example, four teenagers on the bench for us, were you a little bit concerned? Be honest, Brian. Um. No, I, I really, I genuinely wasn't. Um, I, I think I'm perhaps might be seeing the season slightly different to some people anyway. That uh, I, I mean, I don't want to go over old ground in terms of the previous results, but my personal opinion was I thought the West Ham game was a complete anomaly. And I thought, I mean, I, I, I just believe our keeper was fouled repeatedly across that game. And you take those those situations out of that game, although West Ham, you know, deserved in the, the overall scheme of things, deserved their their uh, three points. I think it, it, we weren't helped by some some pretty questionable refereeing decisions on the day. And we, we can all say, oh, but we have to find a way to win games. We just have to find a way to get it done. And that's indeed what you need to do in these situations. But sometimes you just can't when you're up against a team that I think West Ham are the fourth ranked team in across all major leagues in Europe right now in terms of XG. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a, a student of XG, so <laughs> one of the one of the guys on a on a podcast said that um, over the last few days. So I mean, it's you know if, if the referee is you know putting you in in the the doghouse or you know not up against you with really questionable decisions, and you come up against a team like that then, you know, it, it, it can happen. But um, going into today, I mean, I, I just trust this team. I trust them as a group. I trust the the the, the management. Uh, I trust our play. I, you know, I, I really can't think of a, a game where we really stunk it out. I'm, I have to agree with Alan. I think that so my thing is I, Liverpool, I've said this a few times before, we, we are an aggressive team. We have to play with aggression. We have to play with anger. We have to play with uh, the press. We have to play rock and roll football, uh, heavy metal football, as Jurgen says. And sometimes I think we can be guilty of just f taking our foot off the pedal and just just appreciating ourselves and thinking how awesome we are. And when that happens, uh, other teams can 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 get in there and uh, hang with us a little bit, and they can get lucky. Um, but when we play like we played after that Ateta incident. And I believe the reason that happens because Arteta was trying to get Mane carded, right? And uh, I, I listened to Klopp, Klopp saying uh, he's fed up with uh, people singling at Sadio all the time. As a, as am I. I. He just he gets no protection anywhere in Europe or in in the domestic league. Uh, he's a little bit physical, but but he doesn't go over the line. I don't think, and he just gets so much you know stick. And so good for Klopp to uh, to fight back. And I think the crowd have, look, if we want to win the league, the crowd have to show up every single game. It's not easy winning the league. It's, you know, we can't expect it. We're up against Chelsea. We're up against uh, City. It has to be amazing. It has to be all our ducks have to line up in, in a perfect row. And if if the if the crowd only turn up, you know, one time every two weeks or whatever, it's just not going to happen. So we could today, that, that game, we could see just how important the crowd are because that really made everybody angry, including Klopp. And you could see him geeing up the crowd. And it, and our team feeds off that energy. Um, and uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, worried because we had uh, we had Hendo on the bench. Um, 
Oxley Chamberlain, I, I agree with uh, Alan says, you know, I'm so pleased for him. Um, you know, I, again, I've been very harsh critic of him and I, I've been very tough on him. And, uh, you know, maybe he just needs games and each game he's getting better and better and better. Um, so, no, I, I, I thought, you know, we, we, it's going to be tough. You know, all, every game in the Premiership is tough. But we're the one of the best team, like the if we're not the best team in the world, we're in the top three of, of teams in the world right now. So they're fearing us more than we're fearing them. Uh, yeah, really, really good answer. Um, it's great uh, to to bring in Luca. Luca's here. Uh, hello, Luca. Uh, Welcome up, to man. Cop On. Hello. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm it's really nice of you to join us. So, yeah, Luca, sorry, we, it was a bit late, man. I was with family and that. Sorry about that. That's but at least awesome. I've come on and all that stuff. No, it's really absolutely no problem. It's really nice of you to uh, to be on. I mean, tell tell our listeners about about your channel and about what you yeah, do. Yeah, um, yeah, my channel um, is this is Luca's life. Um, um, I do um, Arsenal reviews, previews. I also out of football. I do day out vlogs and travel about. Um, we're currently on the road uh, to um, 1,300 uh, subscribers. I'm 43 away from 1,300. So if any of you or Liverpool fans want to um, subscribe to my channel, I would always return the favour back to them. And uh, we do YouTube for fun. And um, yeah, and uh, I haven't made my review yet. I will make my review some point today. And um, But no, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, yeah, well done to Liverpool. Yet again, you battered us again. So <laughs> it's very magnanimous of you. Thank you very much for, no for thanking us. We are we are sort of you know we we were talking before you arrived about how how sort of happy and buzzing we're all feeling. Um, yeah. Are you sort of the opposite after the you know after the the really good unbeaten run? And was it was it, did you have a bit of a sick feeling when you woke up? Sorry to Be ask honest, you that question. I, last night, that's okay. No worries, man. Um, but no, big up, big up. Um, no, the thing is. What really, really hurted me yesterday was the thrashing because I said in my preview on um, Friday, I said, I don't mind if we lose this game as long as we show a bit of fight. But there was no fight in the second half. And I, and I thought getting on to the performance, I thought we started very well. I thought first 10, 15 minutes, we, grew, we kept it nil-nil for 20 minutes. And I said, if we can keep Liverpool quiet for 20 minutes, we have a chance. And then Ramsdale pulled some great saves and, and we had... but. Abamyang, what really frustrated me that thing was Abamyang. Why was he being lazy on that shot? He could have squared it and made it 1 0. We could have gone into 1 1 at half time. Could have bought someone like a Martinelli. Could have changed the game a little bit. Could have bought Pepe on. But it, let's face it would, it, would it have actually changed the game? No. But second half, I thought we were absolutely poor. I thought Tavares was absolutely poor. And I look, I like Tavares. I think he's a good signing, but I don't think him and Tommy Yasu cannot cope with the likes of Mo Salah and Mane and Jota. Like Liverpool are just absolutely phenomenal at home. You're unbeaten at home this season in all competition. That's the only thing you've got kept going for an unbeaten home form, um, not an unbeaten run. But what I will say is, uh, we were just terrible in defence. Ramsdale, if it wasn't for Ramsdale, it could have been eight, 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 eight nil, mate, and um, that would have been worse. But Arteta, I think he got it all wrong yesterday, in my opinion. But um, I'm not going to go into too much detail on him because I expect us to get smashed by Liverpool. And I even said it on my... I went for 3-1 Liverpool. But um, technically, um, I'm not surprised we didn't score. And um, Tommy Asu and Tavares looked absolutely poor on the wing-backs. And uh, 
look, I'm not saying they're rubbish or anything like that. I think they're good. I think Tommy Asu is a good signing, but I thought he had a very, very, very poor game. He had a good start. He made a few couple of clearances, but we just, we just, we just got outplayed by you lot. And uh, well done for Liverpool to win, man. And uh, it was just, it's just the same old Arsenal. It goes to show that we can't compete with you, Chelsea, and Manchester City at the moment. We just have to try and see if we can chase fifth or sixth this season. It's curious, isn't it? Well, we, we, we're going to talk a lot more um, about Arsenal, about Arteta as we as we go forward on this, because there's loads of stuff that I'd love to ask you. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, Alan, in that um, first half, Alan, uh, you have, um, uh, you know, well, Luca was saying that, you know, Arsenal had a couple of chances, which is true. Um, but Alan... The halftime stats were that Liverpool had 11 shots with five on target. They did. They did. And, uh, you know, uh, Arsenal had three shots with one on target. Uh, Liverpool had 65% possession um, with uh, 314 passes and 86% passing accuracy, which is sort of a, you know, a figure that's generally a very good performance. And uh, Arsenal... Only 174 passes with a 77% passing accuracy. Um, in that first half, you mentioned before that moment, Alan, when Arteta sort of helped helped Liverpool by geeing up the crowd. But are you a little bit worried that it takes that for Liverpool to start to really start playing? I mean, we were pretty good before, but we were just knocking it around. It was a bit of a chess match. Are you a little bit concerned that Liverpool actually needed that confrontation to get all the juices flowing? Because it should be like that from the kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, uh, I think, I think that's what we need. I think, like even like Brian said there, like we're a rock and roll team. We we need that firing and all cylinders, bit of underdog type of feeling in us sometimes. Um, and some, you know, most lots of teams, not just us, but when um, when you get to the to the to the top, you win win what you've been chasing. All of a sudden, you become the team that everybody wants to beat. You know, like 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 West Ham, bet us that was a big scalp for West Ham, where we were that team two three years ago. We were going to play a top four team, and we had anger and fight in us and stuff. You know, so. Yeah, I was slightly worried about it, and I had said it before that I thought the crowd needed a bit of gene up. But I don't know. The first, there was nothing wrong yesterday with our play before Arteta, but just we just got that hunger after Arteta. Like just, it was just the fire was lit. It was waiting to be lit, and it was lit. So, what I'd like to see us do now as well, I'd like to see going back to to, um, to the year we won the title, where after every game, all we heard was the next game, the next game. You know, just not try and look at the bigger picture too much. Just next game, get three points. Next game, three points. And I think that's where we play our best football. Not when we're when we're um, you know, not laxadaisy. I don't want to sound like laxadaisy, but comfortable on the ball, passing around a bit. We need that bit of energy. And if I heard you right, but yes, your time goal scored there. Like, is that our first really good breakaway goal we scored this year? Well, like which, well uh, according to whoscored.com, we've actually only scored once on the counter-attack, as have Chelsea this season. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of goals in, in open play, we're by far the best in the league. We've scored yeah. 27 from open play. And, the, you know, in the second half, like, goal number one, I mean, came from a set piece. Uh, goal number two came from 
a very poor back pass from from Tavares, who who Luca mentioned as as well. Um, but yeah, the the last two goals, I thought they were really really good team goals. Brilliant goals, they? brilliant goals. Yeah, absolutely brilliant goals. Mm. Uh, um, the other thing I taught yesterday as well, uh, just myself, Sarah, were talking yesterday. Like even before Mo Salah has scored his goal, uh, does anybody else think Mo Salah's game has gone up a couple of levels this year? He's turning more into a playmaker. There was several passes he, he put on yesterday that should have been goals, but the Mo, the Mo Salah of last year or the year before would have shot. Well, I think his game yesterday, he was to me, he was man of the match by a mile. He was brilliant yesterday. I thought Salah really turned our defence. Should have scored at least a hat-trick, at least minimum. Ramsdale kept it in... Um, had little moments yesterday in the first half, and Ramsdale's a top goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, he had a great game. Yeah. He's a good keeper. He's a good signing, and, and uh, I like. I, I think he should have done better on the first goal, in my opinion. But but the rest of the goals, Tavares conceding like I think it was like two goals he gave away. Um, I know he conceded the second one, but Salah getting onto Salah. I think Salah was, is is we know what the quality most Salah. He's absolutely brilliant. Like he's phenomenal. He's so fun to watch. And um, he's a world-class player. I think he's the best player in the world, in my opinion. I think he's better than Ronaldo, in my opinion. And um, technically, what Salah does is just absolutely brilliant. And um, I'm not saying Ronaldo's rubbish. No, I think Ronaldo's brilliant. But I but I just don't think Ronaldo is not the Ronaldo is as dominant Ronaldo. I think Salah is the best player in the world. And like you guys, are, like whether you're going to keep Salah forever... Whether someone's going to come in like a Real Madrid or a PSG are going to come in and end up getting Mo Salah, that's that's the remain to be seen. But he, I think he was man of the match yesterday. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, really, really interesting answer. Thank you, thank you for that, Brian. What do you think? I mean, it, because Mo Salah wasn't the only one who was, uh, you know, who was um, really good yesterday, but he was brilliant, as usual. Uh, but uh, I thought Thiago was great. I thought Fabinho was great. Trent was unreal. Um, you know, who, who were your best performers, Brian? Well, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Mo, because um, yesterday I, I did actually notice uh, him thinking, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. He just doesn't give the ball away. He does everything perfectly. He doesn't make a single mistake from 90 minutes, from right from the whistle, right to the end. Unbelievable. But I think there was a moment when I think three Arsenal uh, players were around him and he shouldn't have kept the ball. They were they were snapping at his heels. But somehow he managed to keep himself on his feet and he just he just uh, he moved the ball back and, and the play continued. Um, I was going to ask uh, Luca if um, what he thought about the whole... Um, uh, Arteta incident because for me there was like shades of Frank Lampard about that for us for Liverpool fans because um, that turned the game for us I think actually if that hadn't happened I think Arsenal could have come away with something because the way the game was going Arsenal were very much in that game and uh, and uh, you know uh, when that happened I thought to myself perfect this is exactly <laughs> what we needed Um and I think from yeah. that point onwards, things changed. The thing is, when you say that, like, literally with the Arteta situation, like, I thought it was mainly Mikel Arteta's fault. I think he was the one who actually started it, in my opinion. And uh, I'm, I'm just saying that as an Arsenal fan. And um, But do you honestly think it would have actually changed the game, even if this situation wouldn't have happened? Because that Bamiyan chance where he should have, like, like I don't know why he, he was taking the mick, like, squaring it to Lacazette, where he 
where he knew it was offside, even the commentator said it as well, whereas Aubameyang could have made it 1-0. That could have been a different game, would have built a bit of confidence. But I just feel, Brian, that the thing is, the thing is, Liverpool, we were in the game at times. Ramsdale, when Ramsdale kept us in it, when it was 0-0 after 20, I thought, you know what? We've got a chance here. We might. This could be a different Arsenal. But then, when Liverpool scored, I thought, nah, this is it now. 1-0 half-time. See what we can do. Aubameyang's just been, Aubameyang just been lazy. Not up, never turns up in the big games. But, if he would have bought, he had Martinelli and Pepe on the bench, and he, he doesn't he doesn't use Martinelli and Pepe, and he's killing he's killing players, and then this is the thing, this is the thing, and um, if he would have bought them on, it could have been a different game. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The way the way the way things go. I mean, I've got a few stats for you. I mean, Mohamed Salah, who we were talking about before, he had four yeah. shots, two on target, two key passes, and a an eighty one point eight passing accuracy, which for an attacker is crazy. And of course, he was bringing those balls down from the sky, you know, on a sixpence. That was absolutely wonderful to watch from our point of view. Sorry, Luca. He gave Tavares, who's only twenty one years old, he he gave him the run around all the game. He sat him down a few times. And the way that he, he made the mistake, I thought that was just part of the pressure of the overall game. We actually, you know, our pressing from midfield was really on form yesterday. We were really, really good at the counter press and pressing um, so much so that we could have had, you know, three or four other goals, as you said before, but from turnovers you know in in it when we when we'd lost the ball and then the counter pressing we turned the ball over almost immediately and we had like a 4v4 or a 4v3 in our favor going forward and we didn't quite capitalize that happens i think three or four times but um mohammed salah was unreal that 81.8 percent passing accuracy when you are surrounded by three defenders at all times if you compare that to diogo jota diogo jota alan he had 57.1% passing accuracy. As an attacker, that's pretty poor. And I thought his goal, the way he took the goal after Tavares's uh, poor pass was absolutely wonderful. And I do love Jota, but his hold-up play, I thought, is something, a little thing that can be improved upon from yesterday. Uh, what did you make of Diogo's performance? Yeah, you've actually took the words out of my mouth there, Owen. Um, I've... I've noticed that about Diego. He had, he he um he he just yeah he he doesn't hold up the ball that good. He doesn't um he's not linking play as good as, as he did at the beginning of the season even. But it's just like it's a maybe it's a just a patch he's going through because like you said I expect him to improve and he will improve. But but his his goal rate is what's keep what's what's brilliant and I think if we if we if we when he arrived in our team, or we or short up front, he got into the team. He scored a lot of goals early on, and then got injured. So I suppose really this is his first season under Klopp, full training and stuff. So I'm sure they're working on a lot of stuff, and it's going to come together. But yeah, he does. Um, I was just saying to my son yesterday, um, we we're talking before the game that he's not doing anything wrong. He's not bad, but it's just something not clicking yet. Something more to come from, and uh, I expect it to come. But sooner rather than later hopefully yeah hopefully yeah he can work on that on that hold up play because you know in in comparison Bobby Firmino he he very very rarely gets less than 70% passing accuracy and 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 lots of key passes as well he's he's very um you know integral to our 
uh, our forward game is Bobby Firmino. So Diego Jota does need to work on that, but we can't focus on areas of improvement too much when, we, when we're doing so well. Sadio Mane, uh, Brian, um, we love talking about Sadio Mane. Um, so it's seven goals and one assist in 12 Premier League games this season. Two goals in four Champions League games as well. Um, he's got a total of 106 goals and 36 assists in 230 games in all competitions for Liverpool. 106 goals now and 36 assists. Um, his contract's running out in, in, in about a year and a half. I'm starting to get worried because I want him. I think he's got years left because he's not. He may have lost the burst, but that's only one part of his game, as we mentioned before on Copon. He's got so much danger. He's such a wonderful player and he's he's aggressive and he's got all this uh, these tricks and skills and goals for a winger to score 106 goals in 230 games is madness isn't it he's such a good player brian uh talk to us about sadio yeah i completely agree give him a contract you know uh i mean he's now he, i don't think he's playing at uh his top gear uh yet uh, he's still playing within himself but he's he's back to He's back to better form. Um, he's he's creating goals. He's being tenacious. He seems to. He went through a small phase where he was getting frustrated. You could feel because things weren't quite going for him. And it must be difficult for Sadio Mane for a player to be that good. But he just so happens to play with Mohamed Salah, who's the best player in the world. You know, it reminds yeah, me of the Suarez Sturridge situation when Sturridge had a phenomenal season and he was scoring absolute worldies but he was just playing against somebody who was playing in the matrix so nobody was <laughs> nobody recognized it <laughs> and um you know i love him to pieces i think he's the best i i and, and uh i would it would break my heart if he if he didn't sign the new contract and went somewhere else because i agree with you like it's 2021 these players especially those players because they're not you know we're not talking about razor ruddock here right you know he's <laughs> going out and having chip buddies and uh six pints of guinness uh, after a match right yeah. these are guys who who don't drink don't smoke look after themselves uh he can easily play well into his, his mid-30s and be a relevant player so uh, you know i'd love to see him get another contract and i and he mm -hmm. is um I never questioned Sadio Mane ever. You know, he, he's allowed to have a couple of odd get off games now and again, but overall, he's 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 been there for us ninety ninety five percent of the time since he's been at Liverpool. He turns up every game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, there is something that uh, just very quickly um, before I want to ask uh, Luca some more about Arsenal, but um, about Sadio Mane. I mean, Darren Wilde was saying in our chat, in our WhatsApp group, uh, that uh, you know he gave the ball away a hell of a lot in attacking positions in the first half, and yes, okay, but not as much as Diogo Jota, who again was 57.1% passing accuracy. Sadio Mane had a very commendable 78.1% passing accuracy. I mean, he got his goal, he got his assist uh, and a, a rating of 8.81 on uh, who scored. He was their man of the match. Um, I thought he was he was pretty terrific. Um, but Arsenal, Luca, Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, what what do you need to do to catch up? Because I mentioned before that Liverpool have scored 27 goals in open play. Arsenal yeah. have scored only five. Um, what's, what do you need to do to catch up 
with uh, other teams in terms of creating chances? Is it just a question of personnel? The thing is, right, and you make a very good point, Owen, is that we can't compete with Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea, right? This is the problem with our fan base, right? And um, the thing is, right, people think that, oh, yeah, we're on this amazing unbeaten run with Mikel Arteta. That's great. It's good that we, we, want, we want best for Arsenal Football Club. We want to be challenging. We want to get into the top four. That's the main thing. Top six, top four, and then go for um, gradually each step. But the thing is, what people don't understand is, is that if we want to be like Liverpool, we have to. Our this comes down to the, uh, to Arteta. This comes down to the ownership. Yeah, Stan Kroenke, Josh Kroenke, all them lot. Yeah, if we want to start competing, we've got to go out and get players that are going to compete. We've got to spend money. We don't spend money, and who and what players are going to come if we're not in European football? That's the thing. And January transfer window is massive for us now. If we want to be like yes, losing yesterday, right, is not the end of the world. Yes, I am disappointed that we got smashed. I would have seen a better. I, I would have liked seen the first half going like the repeat of the first half going into the second half performance. I'd have been like, you know, what if we would have lost by a tight game, I would have been cool with it. But at the end of the day, right, in the January transfer window, what I want to see is we need, we need, we need, right. A midfielder alongside Thomas Partey. We need a ball carrier. We need a midfielder because Ben White obviously tries to go forward, and you know, like Ben White always goes forward, forward, forward. He lost the ball straight away, and you can't do that against the likes of Fabinho and that. They're world class. So we need we need a ball carrier in the transfer market. We need and and we need someone alongside. Thomas Partey, and we're looking at Frank Kessie from AC Milan. Apparently, he's meant to be good. I've been hearing, so yeah. I'd, I'd be up for that. Um, I would like Bazuma, but that's not going to happen, to be honest. And um, I think in January, the main issue is the midfield. Like People could say, like, yeah, we're not scoring goals up front. Aubameyang, yes, we're going to lose Aubameyang, Pepe and Partey. Um, to the African Cup of Nations. And Partey and Aubameyang is going to be a massive blow. So, technically... What we need to do is we need to get a, a midfielder alongside Thomas Partey and we need a creativity midfielder because Odegaard does not offer anything. Like yeah. mm-hmm. He doesn't offer anything, mate. And and this is what we need. We need to sort the midfield out in the transfer market. We need a ball carrier midfield and we need um, a creativity midfielder. That is what we need in the transfer window. But if we want to compete with Liverpool, we've got to, we've got to get the right players in. We've got, we've got to be consistent. And like we've got to bounce back now. Because we've got Newcastle next Saturday as a winnable game. We've got to win that game. Then we've got Manchester United away. Hopefully, Man United don't get a new manager by then. And then it gives us an opportunity to give us a chance. But you never know what Michael Carrick is going to do. Um, and Darren Fletcher. So, technically, fingers crossed United don't get a new manager before we play them at Old Trafford on the 2nd <laughs> of September. So. Carrick and Fletcher, dumb and dumber. I mean, it's. I mean, Ole. I mean, he's he's he was beautiful. I mean, I love the guy, absolutely mm. wonderful. Um, but he was only one part of the problem. At the end of the day, the players and the backroom staff are also part of the problem. They just look gormless to me. They weren't on, playing on the side. They weren't they look, easy beat. If Sorry? they want, they could have easily beaten Watford yesterday if they wanted to. They just weren't playing for the manager. 
the, yeah, and the players, yeah, the attitude of the players. There are so many problems at United, it's kind of crazy. So hopefully, yes, I hope for your sake that they don't fix any of their problems by the time you play them. But about your manager, before we will actually talk about a little bit about Man United, just to laugh at them, just to enjoy, just to reminisce uh, over the past few years in which they've spent 488 million euros and play like Big Sam, like play like a quite poor Big Sam team. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, before we do that, I want to ask you, are you Arteta in or Arteta out? Do you, are you, do you have faith in the manager and how much faith do you have? The thing is, right, you make a very good question. I'm Mikel Arteta out. I never want this manager in the first place. I want an experienced manager, a manager who's going to kick these players in like, like all the dead wood. Yes, we've got rid of some dead wood. Yes, we are. Look, the positive, I'll start with the positive and I'll start with the negative last. The positive thing is, right, is that we have improved a little bit this season. Well, we've brought a good goalkeeper in. When we first signed Aaron Ramsdale, I wasn't keen on him, but now he's come in. Tommy Asu's come in. Tavares has come in. Left-back position is sorted. Yeah, Tavares had a poor game against Liverpool. That's understandable. We were going to get slapped against Liverpool anyway. But hopefully that doesn't affect his performance consistency every single week. Otherwise, we have a problem on that. But we brought some good signings, all right signings. But the thing is, most of the signings are backup signings. What we the thing is, right, Arteta has improved us a little bit this season. We're still in the mix so far. And yes, it's only 12 games in, which we've got plenty of time. We're not even at Christmas yet and Christmas yet. Number five weeks till Christmas. And the thing is, what we need to do is now we need to start forget about the Liverpool game. We can accept losing that game because we get smashed every season against you. But the thing is, we need to go into that Newcastle game and that Man United game full of confidence, yeah? We've got to bounce back, get three points next Saturday against Newcastle and then we kick on and try somehow get a result against Manchester United. But the negative thing I'm going to start, I never wanted this manager in the first place. I think the manager's out of his debt. People say, people saying trust the process, trust the process. There isn't a process. People be like, I like people are saying to me, oh, it took Jurgen Klopp four years. Yeah, but Klopp's levels, he won trophies before he came to Liverpool. He took Borussia Dortmund to a Champions League final. Has Mikel Arteta to Arsenal to a Champions League final? No. He, all the thing he's done is took, uh, took to a Europa League semi final against a former manager who knows how to win the damn competition. So, at the end of the day, this manager's out of his debt. We do not get slapped 4-0. Look, look, not to disrespect, right? We were expected to get slapped, yeah? But but you're 1-0 down at Anfield and you don't give the likes of Martinelli, Pepe, an opportunity, a chance. No wonder Pepe's... No wonder, personally, people are saying Pepe's doing rubbish at the end of the day. But Pepe and Martinelli are not being given an opportunity. He's even sent William Saliba on loan, he played one pre-season friendly at the beginning of last season against MK Dons, right? A League One side in Milton Keynes. And then he, he sends him straight out on loan, never gives him a Premier League chance. The guy is killing it in France. He, he's had a couple of man, man of the matches this season. Even, he's doing very well in France. Even You're when Doozy right, is yeah. doing very well. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not a big fan yeah. of Doozy, but he's actually proven me wrong. He's got mm. a bit of an attitude problem, right? Yeah. He's even doing it in France as well. I'm not a big fan of Gwen Doozy, but still, he's killing the likes of Saliba, Martin Lenny, Banagan from the under-23s. 
I think he scored he scored like a hat trick or something or something like well like Arsenal played Leicester in the under twenty threes and drew three three. He even scored a late equaliser. And Arsenal were like three nil down and Arsenal scored three injury time goals. The thing is Arteta is actually killing these youngsters, and this is the problem with this manager, right? And a lot of people get a little bit overhyped at saying this manager's the right man. It took Jurgen Klopp four years. Arteta might be good enough elsewhere, but he's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club. If you want to get rid of Unai Emery or Arsene Wenger, when Unai Emery came in this job, I thought, you know what? His record at PSG, he's won title, title. Seville, he won the Europa League with them three times. You're thinking, Emery coming in, he took us to a Europa League final, Right, with Lincoln. I thought he did very well. I thought he did very well. Yeah, with the with with the squad that you had, I think he, he was a very underrated manager. He should have been given more time. Totally, totally agree with you. It's really, really interesting. And but but talking about just to just to butt in there because I think it's really interesting. You're talking about the progression of young players, the progression yeah. of players. I want to bring in Alan on this I, point. But sorry, yeah, continue. Sorry, Go that's on. Okay, no, we're building players for the future. We need players in now. That is the problem. If we want to improve and get back into a team where a top four side, again, we've not been in the Champions League for five seasons yet, and that's terrible for, for, for a size of our club. We're, we're the yeah. third, fourth biggest club in the country, yeah? Yeah. But at the end of the day, right, we used to be the, the third biggest club, right? Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, before Chelsea, Man City start getting their owners coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Arsenal Football Club back in the day used to always compete for titles, but now we're just we're just we're just nothing. We're just nothing. The Conkeys coming; they're just using us for money. Cash cow club. But, yeah, like that's that. the thing. That's it's the thing. Little, but it's FSG it, don't spend no money. There's rumours going around that Jurgen Klopp might doesn't need to sign anyone in the January transfer window. Do you think you're kind of worried about that? Because Marne and Salah, if they choose to go to the African Cup of Nations. Who yeah, they will have, go. To need to find yeah. backup players. And uh, I think I think it's I think it's a really interesting question, and I want to bring Alan in on this because what we've got at Liverpool, if you compare it to to the Arsenal situation and the Manchester United situation, um, is we've got a manager who brings the very very best out of everyone, and I don't think as long as Klopp is at the helm, I mean it's not even my opinion; it's just the truth. Look at what we've done. We've won that. We've won the league. We've won the Champions League. Um, our, our net spend isn't a net spend since o- o- Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took the, took the United job in, I think it was uh, December 18 or December 19. I can't remember now. But, um, you know, our net spend is actually plus 3 million. We've made a 3 million profit. And it's this way of developing players that I don't see at Arsenal. Martinelli, for example, has regressed from being this wonder kid coming through at 18 years old. Um, I want to think, I want you to talk about this, this moment with Klopp yesterday when Tyler Morton came on. And it was Thiago who was obviously, you know, so happy for Tyler Morton to be getting his debut. Klopp was delighted, gave him a hug. And it's the way that here we have different styles of management. We've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, we've got Mikel Artenta, and we've got Jurgen Klopp. And any comparison with from other, other teams about, you know, well, it took Jurgen four years to get win a trophy at Liverpool... You could see it immediately with Jurgen Klopp that he's special, couldn't you? And 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 you can't really compare these sort of chances with Solskjaer and Arteta, in my opinion, with the brilliance of Jurgen. Um, what do you think, Alan? Absolutely agree, and uh, good stuff there, Luca. Uh, very interesting to hear your, your your view. But I agree on just looking at Tyler Morton coming on yesterday. Uh, 
just the clock comes up behind him, wraps his arms around him, big smile from both of them. Like, I could just only dream of playing for a manager like that. You're coming on in Anfield, full stadium, nervous, and you get a hug and a smile off your manager. Like, it must just settle you. And it's it's not the first time we've seen it with, with Jorgen, with any player, even older players. It's it's amazing. But like you said, uh, uh, Lucas said it there as well, when, when Klopp came in, yes, it took him four years, but it was you could see where it was going. And you could see the structure. You could see what he was trying for. Um, we're like with Oli. Does anybody still know what Oli did after three years? What his structure, what his plan was? <laughs> the thing with Solskjaer, right, is what has he done at Manchester United? He took, he, yeah. What's he done at Man United? He took Man United, was it like second place once? No, yeah. well, he got into a few finals and he lost them, uh, which yeah. was always great because he was always underperforming, but he managed to get to a final. So he thought, well, okay, so next year we're going to start winning silverware. Absolutely beautiful. Brian, what do you make of all of it? It's very interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a bit sad. I mean, it reminds me of Liverpool in many ways. I mean, I'm a, I've got a soft spot for Arsenal because uh, I, 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 when Wenger came into the game, he just totally revolutionised the, the game. He, he brought a, a, a style of football. He modernised the game. And uh, I have very fond memories <laughs> of watching Arsenal uh, play in the 90s. Um, uh, unfortunately. Beaten United, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they and they would do this, do what we do to them. They would do to us um, regularly. Um, and uh, I think Luke is right. I think actually, you know what? When it comes down to it, you you the, the smartest decision you can make as a football club in that situation is to put all your eggs in the managerial basket. You know, you know, you can you cannot necessarily compete with the big clubs on on players, but you can compete with them. On managers, you can you can spend a lot of money on a manager, comparatively speaking. To a, but it's not even in the same zip code as what you'd spend for um, for uh, for a player. So yeah, I mean, I it's Unai Emery. I mean, I'm amazed they're gonna let him go because he's a he's a manager with ped, pedigree. He's been there. The he's done is, that. Yeah. The thing is with Unai Emery, and you make a very good point, Brian. The thing is with Unai Emery, I wanted him out at the time because I thought results wouldn't have gone away. Like the thing is, the players were taking the piss out of Unai Emery, right? And um, the players weren't playing under Unai Emery, and Unai Emery was getting pissed. They couldn't understand his language and all that stuff. And when we lost that Europa League group stage to Frankfurt um, in nineteen twenty season before the pandemic, the thing is with Unai Emery. I kind of regret, like, like if we would have known if Arteta was coming in, then I would have kept Unai Emery because Unai Emery would Unai Emery have actually improved our side now if we if we wouldn't have finished eighth twice despite Arteta won the FA Cup. I've got a question for you. What do you what do you think of Thomas Frank? If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be banging a drum. Go out and get him before some because he's going to be picked up by by some when club. They're not I doing think very he's... well at the moment. No, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> <You're quite surprised. laughs> That's okay. I like him though. I like his. I like his. Uh, no, I, I like his, uh, his bland of football. He, his, he reminds me of the old Arsenal, that attacking, <laughs> flowing football that you guys. Used I think to play. he's. I think yeah, he does, and I agree. But the thing is, he had a good start to the season. I think Brentford was a freak result because we had no strikers. Ben White had COVID. Most of our players had COVID. Ramsdale wasn't signed, so technically we were all over the place and we weren't ready for the start of the season and we're never ready for the start of the season. So technically, um, the, thing is, the thing is, 
Would I take him at Arsenal? No, I don't think so. I think the job's too big for him. I think, see how he does at Brentford. For the rest, if Brentford can turn, don't get me wrong, Brentford got a good result against Newcastle yesterday. 3 3. What, it was a good cracking game yesterday. And I saw the highlights. But I just feel, I just feel, I just feel he's a good manager. Don't get me wrong, he took Brentford to the, from the Championship to the Premier League. First time they've been in the Premier League. That's an absolutely achievable beat Swansea in the final. But I don't think he's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club. We need, I've we got need one him. more question, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I'll never Arsenal forgive myself if I don't ask you, you an Arsenal fan this. Ask you as many questions. I think that AFTV uh, screwed your club, basically. When they, when they came, it's almost... When, when they yeah. start to become bigger than the club... Yeah. I think these pl- your players are under so much pressure <laughs> because it's like this super yeah. super tabloid and it's like banter club and it's and it but they're the the banter is at the players' expense. It's it's the opposite of support. Uh, yeah. And I just think when they when they started to really take off and that, that I mean I'm not like the guy I I've no nothing against the channel but if if that channel existed in Liverpool. I would do everything in my power to stop it um, because I think it has a detrimental effect on the team overall. I agree. It's like, it's like yeah, the, I agree. the Instagram effect where, where especially younger kids, younger teenagers, younger generations go by what to see on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So I agree with you, Brian, that that, that became bigger than the club. Like um, I know my kids don't look at football matches anymore. They look at clips on Twitter and Instagram. So I think you're 100% right there, Brian, that, that that became bigger than the team. It was you know, more the Instagram, the quick social media. Um, I'd agree with you there. And just, if I can ask a question, sorry, Owen. Um, yeah, go on. <laughs> to, to Luca, um, do you think maybe what what um, Arteta keeps his job for another one, maybe two seasons, and then Patrick Vieira comes home? <laughs> the thing is, I think Vieira was a bit of a, I think it's another Mikel Arteta situation if Vieira comes. Don't know, I love Vieira, right? And Vieira's a great legend, right? But the thing is, what I will say is, Vieira has done very, very, very well, right? But at the end of the day, I think at Palace, what he's doing at Palace is doing bits. And um, But I just feel, I just feel, I think the job's too big for him. I really like, like when you look at that Palace game, when um, we do 2-2, the thing is, he almost beat us. He almost beat us when we rescued the point. And um, Vieira, what he done in that game, Palace were absolutely brilliant in that game. They should have beaten us. And I just feel, getting back to the situation with Vieira, I think the job's too big for him. We need Arsenal Football Club need an experienced manager who's going to come in, right? I would have took Rafa Benitez, but <laughs> he's not doing well at Everton at the moment. And uh, I'm quite surprised. I thought he would do well at Everton, but... We need a manager like we should have got Antonio Conte. We, especially Conte going to Spurs, really hurted me. And um, I could talk about that all day long if I wanted to. But we let uh, we allowing we're allowing Conte going to Tottenham Hotspur. It's just it's absolutely embarrassing for Arsenal Football Club. And who is there out there available? We're linked with Graham Potter. I don't know what you think about Graham Potter at Arsenal. But... I think he's. I think that would be great for you. I think he's. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. He doesn't have the perhaps the experience, the trophy winning experience. No, but, of course not. But he's an experienced manager, and and the way that he's he's got Brighton playing. I I thought when they when they were missing um, 
um, uh, their best player, Bissouma, uh, for for a few yeah, weeks game for seven yeah, games. Yeah. Game game I thought I thought their their form would plummet, but it, they didn't at all. He's he's done really well. He plays attractive football. They're well organised. They give anybody a game. And if they had actually got a striker that was able to put away their chances, the XG table had them fifth last season, which is extraordinary for a team of Brighton sides. Well, yeah, who would you who would you have? Who would you have? I don't know. There's like a list of managers you would go and get. I don't know who is there available out there. Like Graham Potter. I'm not I'm not too sure about Graham Potter. I just feel he's a good manager, don't get me wrong. But I just feel that's another situation. I just feel the job's too big for him. I just I just I don't know about Graham Potter. I just feel is he proven? Is he proven? To be an Arsenal manager, though, like Thomas Frank, as I said to you yesterday, as well, he's a better manager than Mikel Arteta, but he's not doing well at the moment. He's not doing well at the moment. But I don't know which. Who would you actually get? Like, if you were an Arsenal fan right now, right? Who would you get in? Who would you get in? Who would you get in? Yeah, it's, I, I would go for Graham Potter. I would go for Ten Hag if he would. Ten Hag uh, would shout if you know if he if he was up for it. Um, I would uh, go with you know someone uh, from the Red Bull franchise. You know, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, no way. I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. Uh, look at all three of us, and you know, uh, shaking our heads. No, no, he no, no, no. For Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I hope he does because I think he would flop there. I really do. I think he's been mm. very lucky. Uh, I, I like him. I do like him, despite what you know, my reaction to what, to your suggestion. Um, I do like him. I think he tries his best, um, but I just don't think he's good enough. I, I really don't. Um, uh, this Alan's... is the thing. This is the thing, Ryan. You make a very good point, Owen, and. I don't know why a lot of people want Brendan Rodgers right. And don't get me wrong, I just think the job would be too big for him, for Man United. I just feel, I think he's a good manager, don't get me wrong. I'd personally take him at Arsenal because I think he would really, really improve our side. And I think he's won. I don't know, man. No, I think I'd take him. But for Man for Man United standards, right, what Man United fans need is understandable, right? And I think most Man United fans, like Rich, Devils United, all them lot, they, they, they wouldn't take Brendan Rodgers because at the end of the day, right, He's a good manager, but come on, man. Manchester United needs someone better than Brendan Rodgers, right? I just feel the style of play. I personally don't think it will happen. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it will actually, no, maybe it would happen because who are Man United going to go and get out there? Because there's Ten Hark, there's Rodgers. They're the only two. Sam, really Sam Allardyce, maybe. Specific. Big Sam. Yeah, Big Sam. Is Sam Allardyce. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, Zidane's not going to come to United. He might. You never know. If if he's been given the money, then it's more it's more of a summer move. But they're going to keep Carrick until the end of the season. Now they're going to try. So yeah. well, they say that, and then they'll end up getting someone else. But I think what Man United fans, right? They need a manager. Like, come on, they're Manchester United, right? The biggest club in England, right? Man United deserve respect. Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a Liverpool podcast. You cannot refer to Manchester I'm an Arsenal fan. Club in, in, I, I know, but 48 major trophies for Liverpool and 45 for Manchester United. They are three trophies away, in fact, four from being allowed to be called the biggest club in England <laughs> in, on my podcast. Excuse me, Luca. Please rephrase yourself. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know what Rich and him lot will say about that. <laughs> well, there's nothing they can say. It's the facts. As oh, Rafa yeah, would course. say, the facts. Of 48 course, major trophies to 45. But yeah, no, it's an interesting question, though. It, very interesting stuff. Brian, I do want to... We do have to wrap things up because, I, you know, I'm... There are lots of things yeah, we can do on yeah, this beautiful day, but yeah. but Brian, um, you've got to head off as well. No problem. But um, Brian, what do you what would you do at Manchester United? The, I mean, surely it's Zidane. Surely Zidane is the man. If you can, you know, persuade him to come. I mean, do you reckon that's realistic, or do you think it's not realistic? What do you reckon, Brian? I don't know. I mean, they're a bit of a mess. I, if I was a manager, I wouldn't take that job right now because that's the most unbalanced squad in the game. You know, they. When they, I was getting to, I was starting to worry about them last season. They were starting to get their shit together. And then they signed Ronaldo. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. That's like Pogba Mark II. He's just ruined their, he ruined their team. You know, they, they, for what you get in shirt sales, you lose so much more in lack of pressing. And where, how do you fit all those pieces into the puzzle and all the egos bruised? And, you know, it was just a disastrous signing. I mean, they, I think that it was an emotional signing. It, it, it sounds good. It, they probably had this kind of idea. It's going to be amazing. Ronaldo will come back and he'll help us win everything. But no, they're, they're, they're a wreck. The stadium is a wreck. Their, the team is a wreck. They, they destroy talent right now. Look at, the, look at the players that they've had on their books over the past few years. Greenwood, um, Pogba, uh, Sancho. The, the list goes on and on and on of these amazing... You put any of those players in our team, they would be £200 million now. They'd be, like, they'd be one of the best players in the world. But Man United have got this machine at the moment that just eats up young talent and spits it out. And um, I don't know. I, th I think... Um, they need, a, they need two managers. They need a transitional manager to go and just clean up the mess. Go in there, just get rid of all the crap. Pogba has to go. They just have to cut their losses on him and just sell him, let him go. And they need to start again. And they need to build a team around something and someone. You know, they have to they have yeah. to announce that they've got also I mean Hans Flick, maybe. I don't know. Nobody, nobody's mentioned oh, him. Good I don't cool. know. Cool. Yeah. Hans you know, Flick. Might be a, very good he's a big guy, guy right? Yeah, that's who Arsenal should get. Actually, Arsenal should get him. There you go. Yeah, whatever Man United gets, make sure Arsenal gets him. Who first. should also get? Who should also Hans, get? Hansi, Hansi Flick, Flick, the German national team coach. Yeah, don't know much about him really. So well, I can't he, really. he won, he's the he German national team coach. He's won everything. He's won everything with Bayern Munich, and he's a, he's apparently he's a disciplinarian. He's a hard man. He's a strong strong character mm -hmm. in the. He looks great in his suit as well on the touchline. He line. looks great in his suit. Yeah, exactly. And and you'd probably like invite him out for a for a coffee and have a good chat because he seems like a decent chap. Someone as said well. to me yesterday, last night, Yakim Lowe should come to Arsenal. Like, oh man, mm -hmm. the scratch and sniff. No man, no, the bogey man. man. The, the, the bo <laughs> it's worse than bogeys. I don't know what he's what he's sniffing there, but uh, no, it's a, it's a <laughs> no because I think that's Arsenal have had too much of the of the banter, that, you know, and yeah. he's got that as as a tick, as a physical body tick to scratch your balls where do you and think sniff Arsenal your fingers. This season is not good. Uh, where do I think Arsenal will finish? Well, we we can finish on this question actually because where do I think Arsenal? It's a really good question for me. Um, eighth, eighth. eighth. <laughs> I've got to look at the table. I've got to look at the table because I, when when answering this kind of thing, 
I always sort of forget about one team or another because there's there's a lot of really good, there are a lot of really good teams. So Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves, Man United, Brighton, Crystal Palace, Tottenham and Everton and Leicester. All of those teams, that's the current top 12 in the Premier League. There are so many good teams. Arsenal, you would think, would finish somewhere between 5th and 12th. Um, but where yeah. I, I would say, um, I think there are some signs of, of, of you know, progress. I do think yeah. so. Uh, under Arteta, I think Smith Rowe is an amazing talent, Saka's an amazing talent. Um, you were unlucky yeah. because you came up against a really good Liverpool yesterday, but I, th- I fancy you to beat most of those teams. So I'm gonna say sixth. Uh, what about I'll you? Take Alan? Sixth. I'll take sixth 100%. But I think we'll finish eighth. Eighth, okay. What, what do yeah. you reckon? Yeah. I think I'm thinking sixth, seventh, yes, sixth probably. Yeah, um, okay. I'd be very disappointed if it was Arsenal and I didn't, and I finished any lower than sixth. Okay, because okay. you won't see progress unless you. Well, you finished eighth the last two seasons, I think, did you roughly? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd need to finish sixth. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I I think they could finish. I've looked at the table, looked at teams around them. I think sixth is where they probably will finish. Um, but I, I'm not. I think they might. They could have a. Have, they could be in the conversation for fifth or, or even fourth. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they could. They, they, they need. They seem like they're close. They're, they're getting there. You know. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't looking forward to playing them yesterday. Uh, Were you not considering? No. I mean, I think you have to kind of. You have to kind of respect that you've 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 uh, you've had some good results. You know, you've been, yeah. you've put some good results together. I mean, you came up against Chelsea. You came up against City. They're the best two teams in the world right now. Chelsea are on a different planet, unfortunately. You know, they're they're playing out of their skin this season, so they yeah. they're really worrying. So it's no it's no disgrace to lose to Liverpool, Chelsea, or City. It happens, but as long as you beat everybody else, or you're in a, you're in and around those teams, or you're competing with those teams, then I think you're you're kind of you're not. Things are not as bad as they seem. I mean, it always seems that way when you've just been dicked four 0 right? But um, I don't know. I think uh, you, yeah, uh, Arsenal seem like a team that are slowly getting their shit together. I think you know, and I think a couple of good signings in in January you, you could because uh, you've got some great players. Yeah, that man, that uh, that keeper is the best keeper I've seen in in, in Liverpool for uh, from another team for years. He was unbelievable. He was. Uh, Hold on to him. <laughs> yeah, wow. he was great. I, I and I hold my hands up. I thought it was a waste of money when you signed him because I I quite like Leno. I think he's good enough. But uh, yeah, I've pr- been proven not for the first time entirely wrong. Um, we've got to wrap things up there, guys. Uh, so I want to thank you so much to Brian uh, and to Alan and to Luca for joining us. It's been really interesting. I could talk for ages for much longer. I, you know, I think, for example, we haven't talked about Virgil van Dijk and how brilliant he was. I think yeah. he's back. I think he's back, which is, a, you know, a big warning for the rest of the league. Yeah, Chelsea look pretty much indomitable, but something's got to give at some point. Something's got to give at some point, hopefully. Um, thank you very much, guys. I hope you have a lovely day. Um, I hope Rafa gets one over uh, Man City um, because, uh, you know, long may he live at Everton and, uh, you know, being sort of 11th with Everton is sort of a dream scenario. Um, so uh, th- thank you very much, uh, Luca, Brian and Alan. Take care, guys. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.